pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 154. Today I'm going to chat with Kevin Brittingham from Q, discuss today's antitrust hearing in DC with big tech CEOs, highlight the SIG FCU for the P320, and talk about the next insect plague 2020 has in store for us. I'm your host, Ava Flannell. And Kevin, how are you doing today? I'm doing so good. I'm great. How are you doing? <laughs> Other than just messing up the intro because the alcohol's already getting to my head, I'm doing well. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay because I'm drinking too, so it'll be entertaining. I rarely record in the evening. I typically record during the day, probably late morning. And I got to say, it actually feels kind of nice to record at this time because I don't have anything planned right after. So I can have a drink and kind of relax and I don't feel like I'm crunched for time. And I also just, as of yesterday, made my very first whiskey sour. So I'm trying to get into whiskey and it's been kind of a challenge, which is so weird to say. I don't like girly drinks or really sweet. Even my wine, it's like the drier, the better. But for whatever reason, I just can't get into whiskey, which I want to because the 2A community is all about whiskey. But I think I found a way. If I just make whiskey sours and then graduate from there and then start drinking it neat or on the rocks, then I think that that's my plan. But whiskey sours, there is so much lemon juice I'm sitting here hand squeezing lemons, like six lemons just went into my drink. That's a lot. That's a a freaking lot. Number one, you lost me at no day drinking. I don't really understand that. I drink (laughs) during the day at work. Seems to work out for me. (laughs) Um, Whiskey sour, pretty good. Old fashioned is very good. They are. I I think it's like the cigar 2A, like there's certain things you're supposed to do. Whiskey's one. I generally mix my whiskey with Diet Coke and I don't care. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just trying to. If I just, yeah, if I just drink liquor, it's normally like tequila, like Patron. I I don't love whiskey just by itself. Well, that's what I'm trying to do. Who would have thought trying to become an alcoholic would be so hard? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) You just don't have the gene. I know. Gosh. Although I will say six lemons later, I'm definitely not getting the COVID because I definitely got my dose of vitamin (laughs) C. Well, and, and too, if you committed to day drinking, you'd probably find a way to alcoholism. That's true. You're right. I got to step it up. I've just yeah. been so busy. I haven't even had time to drink. Last week, it was my birthday. I only had one drink well, on my stupid. birthday. Well, that's stupid. No one should be that busy. You're, you're just, your priorities are all fucked up. You're right. You're right. I got to, yeah. you're right. Yeah. After yeah. this, I'm going to go Self-care. and- Self-care. Yeah. <laughs> Does that include Botox? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. If you, you know, had children, you'd probably be more into drinking. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. All right. Before we get into it, Manicore Arms, if you guys follow them on social media, their X95 SBR Cantilever 4 end Gen 2 is in stock right now. It's a great addition if you want a shorter 4 end. Gives you that M-lock attachment points, a raised AR-15 height top rail, and provides the added benefit of free-floating the barrel to improve accuracy. And now we're going to get into talk about Kevin. Learn the things you never knew on deconstructing the industry. All right. So I've had you on before, and I think we're talking about probably well over a year now, I would say. I know it was kind of in the. I think it was a couple of years ago. 
it was definitely in the earlier stages. Things have definitely changed since then. You know, I got rid of some baggage. (laughs) (laughs) I'm assuming that listeners probably went back and even if they're just tuning in, they probably went back and listened to previous episodes. But just in case that they haven't and they don't know who you are or they're not familiar with Q, can you just kind of fill them in? Well, I'm Kevin Brittingham. I started a company called Advanced Armament Corporation in 1994. We made silencers and miscellaneous stuff. Um, The commercial market, but primarily the military market. I sold it to Remington in the fall of 2009. I left there at the end of 2011. Uh, Didn't work for several years. Went to SIG for a couple years and We left in 2016 in January and started a company called Q, I think in March of 2016, in order to sort of get out of a big company and the bureaucracy and the mediocrity of that and to do what we think should be done in the industry. Some of the guys go all the way back to advanced armament with me. And, you know, we do stuff like the honey badger and the fixed rifle and silencers and a whole lot of new products. Yeah, so you guys have actually taken off pretty quickly, considering you've only been around since 2016. Doesn't take long when you know what you're doing, Ava. That's true. I know. Look at me. (laughs) (laughs) And I actually, I went there. Let's see. I'm trying to think. When did I go there? It probably, I guess it had been probably a year and a half ago and toured the facility and built the fix. It kind of reminded me, I got to say, like the setting of the entire building and company kind of reminded me of sort of like, I would imagine how Google would be, but instead of, you know, being anti-gun, it was all around guns as opposed to the internet. Yeah. I, I I mean, we get that every time someone comes in, honestly. Um, I mean, I think I'm, I don't know. I don't really love business. Mm -hmm. I do love firearms and I love the military and I love hunting and recreational shooting, but I probably love, you know, like art and design and, you know, and freedom. Mm-hmm. The most. Uh, I mean, I want it to be a place that I want to be just as much as home. So I take a lot of effort to create a great facility and environment for me and everyone there. And um, I think a lot of what we do compared to other companies is we develop technology and innovation for our industry. And it's a big creative process. So, you know, I mean, and still to this day, we've grown a lot, and half of the staff is either I would consider creative or engineering. You know, which I would say we probably have more engineers than every other silencer company in the industry put together mm-hmm. at this point, like actual degree mechanical engineers, you know, and it's what drives me. And I think it's what keeps everyone together there. We've got high level engineers. I love product and innovation and creating stuff. And I think we found our niche and probably did some years ago. And, you know, I like it more than lots more money and having a big company and bureaucracy and a bunch of rules. You know, it allows us to have that open environment and a very creative space. And, you know, people can wear shorts and flip flops to work and, you know, drink beer and stuff like that. That's that's what I want. Mm-hmm. And when we can't do that, then I'm not interested in being involved. Yeah. Going back a little bit, what are some of the things that you invented or helped create that has sort of changed the industry? I don't know that I've ever invented anything. Um, I would say I've been a part of a lot of innovation. And we've created a lot of change. I mean, I think 300 blackouts, probably a pretty good one that Mm -hmm. that everyone will know. Uh, We developed that about uh, 10 or 12 years ago at Advanced Armament. Honey Badger would be one, you know, making silencers mainstream. 
I think is a pretty big one. The fixed rifle is probably the most innovative thing we've ever done. Uh, we're working on a new cartridge now, uh, which is a big brother, 300 blackout. It's called the 8.6 blackout that'll be out within the next year, probably. You know, it's interesting at this point, it's my 27th year and I'm 46. You know, I forget a lot of what we've worked on because to me, it's always the next thing Yeah, is what's important. I mean, it's cool that 300 blackout is a pretty big success, but, you know, we knew it would be after the first two weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, silencers becoming mainstream. I don't know. We develop a lot of stuff. And in the last few years, too, we've developed a lot of stuff for other companies, which has been interesting. Can you tell us about those other companies or is it kind of a shush? Not a lot of it. I mean, we do we do some engineering work for SB Tactical, for the arm braces, and uh, for some of their products and other companies, but most of it's under an NDA. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, but it ranges everywhere from, let's say, scope mounts to ammunition, you know, to stocks to gun. I mean, kind of every part of the industry. And you'll see companies, a lot of companies with the silencers, there's several companies that kind of copy what we do. And then there's several companies that look like they do that actually, you know, they license from us or we develop stuff for them and kind of share technology and we get paid for it. You know, that's okay with me. I don't want to be the biggest manufacturing facility, you know, or biggest firearms company in the world, but I want to develop the most interesting stuff that changes the industry. And if somebody else, you know, if we do it and we just get paid every time they sell one, you know, that's fine with me. Yeah, gotcha. Going back to 300 blackout, what barrel length is optimal, would you say? Mm, depends on what you're trying to do. You know, here, here's something interesting. The military uh, division of SOCOM picked nine inches. And here's the reason why. They already had our 30 caliber silencer, another weapon system in their arsenal. So they wanted to use that silencer. And they wanted the overall length to be the length of an M4 with an A2 flash hider. Because in some of their mobility, that's the racks that were already in the mobility. So they needed that length. And that happened to be a nine inch barrel. And that's kind of how that stuff happens. Um, So originally it was nine inches, but we were using a one in seven twist. But now we use a one in five twist. So spinning the bullet faster puts more energy on target because we're greatly increasing the rotational velocity, Mm -hmm. um, even though we're not increasing linear velocity. So we're able to go shorter with the barrel and the ammunition still work and be as effective as it is out of the longer barrel, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, and it depends on how far you're shooting. I mean, if you got to shoot something 500 yards away, use the longest barrel you can. If you're shooting inside 150 meters, I use seven inch. That's what the honey badger is currently. And with a one in five twist, I think that's optimal. Yeah. You know, I had Colian Noir. He stopped by in Colorado last week. And so he was over in my office and he was checking all my guns and he saw the fix and he's like, God, I want this gun. And I had been to his place once before, I don't know, maybe a year ago. And he had the honey badger and the sugar weasel and stuff. And I was like, what? I want this gun. So then when he's like, I want the fix, I was like, let's just trade. You want to trade? And I was like, no, I'm serious. Like, let's just, you know, (laughs) (laughs) it was kind of funny. Well, it's fun. You know, I mean, the guns are good. Yeah, Um, they are. You can dislike me or the way I market or things I say, but if you discount the stuff we've developed, then you're just stupid. Yeah. The honey badger, the sugar weasel being a a lower cost alternative that gets you virtually the same performance, Mm -hmm. but just, you know, you don't get the stock and things like that. And now even the mini fix, 
which was something we almost didn't do. We just did it because I wanted, which is the fixed rifle, mm -hmm. a little shorter, and it's, it takes an AR mag, and we're sending it as a pistol in 300 blackout with an 8-inch barrel, and we picked 8 inches in that just because that's the handguard length we had already. Hmm. And, you know, otherwise it would have been 7. Yeah. So it gets you a little, like with 300 blackout, if the farther you shoot, use a little longer barrel. Mm -hmm. If you're shooting inside of 150 meters, use a 7-inch barrel. But that turns out to be the most popular gun. It's actually more popular. And, you know, I judge that by our metrics using, you know, talking about sales and that sort of stuff. It's more popular than the honey badger. Really? It's in more demand. Yeah. And that's a gun that we really only did because I wanted to, and it wasn't that difficult to yeah. shrink the fix down. It's only five unique parts. Um, I find that kind of interesting because everybody sort of knows Q from the Honey Badger. I want to say that is your prime piece that kind of sort of made your name. And I could be wrong, yeah. but I almost wonder if it's just because of, I don't know, I guess just with everything going on, people are buying more guns and, and maybe that's what's increased sales and maybe you have more of the mini fixes available. No, I mean we had a we had a year backlog on all of our guns before COVID started. Yeah, it doesn't affect us at all. It's just during COVID we started shipping the mini fix, mm -hmm. but we haven't even offered it for sale, like released it to the public. We sold some through like one or two distributors, kind of on the slide, just to see yeah how it would be accepted in the industry, and we've got over $10 million in orders for it. There's not even a skew for it yet. Wow. So um, I don't, I don't think it's got anything to do with COVID because it's yeah. a little, little bolt gun. Yeah. The honey badger pistol. Hey, look, you know, think, you can totally kill zombies with little bull guns. Okay. It just depends how quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, my goal in doing this company was to do only things that interested me without the influence of outside you know, forces, whether it be a European CEO or owner or it being the military. Uh, Ethan and I, I, I'm not sure either of us still have to work. Mm -hmm. You know, we've been fortunate in the past and developed stuff that's been monetarily very kind to us and our families. So I think in starting this company, we didn't want those influences. We wanted to see, we wanted to build the things we want to build that we think the market needs, whether that is the commercial market or the military market. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think we're wrong constantly. And every time it's about demand, we thought we would build somewhere between 500 and a thousand honey badgers. And we really just did the honey badger. It never been released to the public before. It was a government contract and we did it here because we wanted some and we thought we would sell 500 to a thousand. We have thousands and thousands and thousands on back order currently. So, you know, I'm just too old. Like I underestimated the whole call of duty. Thing. Yeah. You know, years ago, 10 years ago, I was a technical editor for infinity ward for call of duty. And that's how I got the honey badger and those guns and to call of duty. And it's probably the best marketing move I ever made. Mm -hmm. I knew it would be good, but I didn't understand how it would. It's a whole generation of not only Americans, but people around the world. Yeah. You know, I may have t told you in the past, but my son for a couple of years went to an international boarding school in New England. Mm -hmm. And there were kids from 30 countries. They knew exactly your company, though. They knew the honey badger. And for instance, a kid on his floor in his dorm, there was a, this wealthy Chinese kid who didn't speak English his first year. 
and he had a translator that lived with him for the first year till he learned English. And that kid knew what the honey badger was and he didn't even speak English. Wow. So, you know, that showed me a lot. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's kind of been our company and I think we, we, you know, I wanted everything to be grassroots, even with social media. I only really do Instagram. I think you're the person that made me do Facebook, which I still resent you for. <laughs> okay. All um, I said was if you're going to post on Instagram, all you got to do is just press this little button and it automatically uploads to Facebook. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but now I'm on Facebook. So I think I'm resentful for that. Uh, I'm a, I don't know. Well, you but, know, um, I have noticed though, Facebook is starting to grow again. Oh, for the longest time, so it was just stagnant terrible. and it was impossible to gain any or even everything was being shadow banned and people weren't seeing your posts. So there wasn't a lot of engagement. So it was all about Instagram. But I kind of feel like Instagram now is kind of going that way. I know it's owned by the same company, but I've noticed that Facebook, I run eight different accounts and I've noticed that Facebook is starting to definitely. Uh, uh, yeah. So you might want to head on back I, over there. I think I'm too young for Facebook. I don't know. <laughs> You know, I think it's right up your alley. <laughs> oh, oh, please. I don't know. Oh, what? You think you're the generation for TikTok? I mean, I can dance. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't. But, you know, even with social media, I wanted to focus just on Instagram. Yeah. And it's SIG. You know, I did SIG's Instagram and I did all the things. I used all the hashtags, I tagged people did all that. And I think it's still the largest gun Instagram there is. Wow. Um, but I didn't, I didn't want to do it with Q because I wanted the engagement. Yeah. And I, I will say this, SIG, we never bought followers, you know, and yeah. like Griffin Armament does that. And a lot of companies in the industry do that kind of stuff. Which is stupid I, because you can tell right off the bat who buys followers because there's not any engagement. They'll have, I don't know, let's yeah. say a hundred thousand followers. And when they post something, they only have maybe 800 likes. Yeah. Hello. And there's no comments. And it's just, it's pretty obvious. And it's really stupid. I don't know why people even do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, well, I, we know why they do it. But, you know, well, for me, I want. But you also take the risk of your profile getting shut down. I don't even know about that. But I know with us, I wanted it to be very organic. Mm -hmm. So I don't post a ton of captions. I don't. I rarely tag people. I only tag people if it's their photo, if I repost it. Yeah. And I don't I don't generally use hashtags. Like I wanted it to be very organic and I wanted engagement and we have it. You know, like we have 10 or 15% of the followers of Silencer Co. and we have half the engagement. Mm -hmm. You know, and so other companies that have poured a lot of money into marketing and I spend zero on marketing. So it's pretty exciting to me. And, yeah. you know, you can only, the, the only explanation is that the products, it's the products. Either that and or I people a, just can't help but watch you because it's kind of, okay, <laughs> maybe it's the alcohol, but it's kind of like a car accident. You can't help but look at wow, it as you're watching. That hurts. That hurts. <laughs> it's not, it's not the products. Your products are amazing. But I kind of feel like I said before the show started, you are in my opinion, the most loved and hated man in the industry. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, maybe, you know, and I think if you're our competitors and you lie or you half-ass stuff or I don't know, you're going to hate me because I'm going to fucking call you out. Yeah. You know, if you pretend to be an engineer or you steal designs or you don't do the R&D or you don't do the testing, you're not going to like me. Mm-hmm. 
if you're a customer of Q and you're someone that loves technology and innovation in the industry, or you're an employee of mine, you're going to love me. Yeah. Yeah, you I know. know. It actually, way- that was another thing. I always gauge a company by how the employees react to their boss. And you'll go, like, I've been to some places where I'm like, wow, they, you can tell they're terrified of their boss or they don't respect them or they don't give a shit about. It's just like they only care about a paycheck. Whereas when I did go to Q, it was like everyone was, there was just like that really nice family feel. Everyone was comfortable and it was kind of like, hey, you can work as much as you want or little, but as long as you get the job done, if you want to have a beer or whatever, but you weren't going to restrict them to, okay, you have to work eight hours in this cubicle and pretend like you're working and and you have to answer to me. And so it was it was definitely kind of a nice feel where it almost made me want to be an engineer so that I could work there. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> Maybe I could just be the bartender, you know? <laughs> well, that's my job. I also have a degree from the Atlanta School of Bartending. So that will be my job. Okay. But, you know, well, I, I also have experience in New York City bartending, so I kind of uh, feel like that sort of, you know. Fancy you. Well, yeah. um, no, but I, I, you know, I just think I want to be happy at work every day. Yeah. And I've spent most of my adult life working and I devote a ton of time to my children. And if you follow my personal social media, you'll see it. Mm hmm. It's, it's what I do. You know, like you and I are doing this right now at nine instead of six because I went skating with my kids and then we went bridge jumping. And, you know, that's what I did. And so yeah. now's my time to do some more work. Like I get up in the morning every morning. I mean, it's summer right now. So I get up at seven, high seven every morning. Um, I work out a little bit. I cook my kids breakfast. I feed them. I hang out. I watch some Aussie man or some Casey Neistat or, we watch ridiculousness or some skate videos or, you or know, cartoons. I play, yeah. Not, <laughs> not at this age, but I play <laughs> ping pong with my daughters or, you know, I, I do those sorts of things. And um, then I go to work at about 11 and I work for about four or five hours. And then uh, I meet up with my kids and we do stuff and we have dinner and, you know, that, that's sort of what I do every day. But I want everyone at my company to have the same life I have. Mm-hmm. And we can do that. We can be better. You know, we have to design better product. We have to be more efficient with our time and with our thought process and with our execution. Um, if we develop the best stuff, then everybody at my company can have my life too. And that's mm-hmm. what I want for everyone. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I treat them as peers and I believe that they're peers and it's our company. And I share the burdens with them and I share the success with them. Mm-hmm. And it's not a company for everyone. Some people need to be managed and they need to clock in. And they need to clock out. Those people do not have a place at my company. Yeah, definitely. And, I, I, you know, I understand. Yeah. And, and I think as a result, the reputation speaks for itself. You know, we're a mile from SIG intentionally. Mm-hmm. And I poach employees from there on a monthly basis. We got two people starting this week that are from SIG. Uh, well, at least two, because I met them today. Huh. <laughs> um, and, you know, the, I think it's a it's a place where you want to come work. Uh, yeah. And it, it's real easy. Either you're going to kick ass or you're going to be peered out of our place. Yeah. It's just pretty simple. Yeah, definitely. 
which I feel like I got on everyone's good side and I'm totally welcome back whenever, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, there's not too many people I haven't been welcome back. But it is interesting. <laughs> okay, I'm- way to make me feel special. <laughs> How many meals well, did I share with everyone? I feel like I was genuinely well-liked within the company. I, I, yeah, I think you're pretty awesome and everybody thought so. And I think most people that visit, whether it's customer builds or whatever, like we just don't fuck around with a lot of people we don't like. like yeah. We don't need it. I you know, I mean, it's a pretty good position to be in. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, but I mean, I think it's one of those things where I say what I want, whether it's in person or it's online and it's not politically correct. A lot of people say it's not professional, but you know, we were going over some finance stuff today and this is always my argument to me being unprofessional. Like we have a higher margin and I make more money than most people in the industry and I do it with much fewer people. I think it makes me like the best professional. I am the (laughs) most professional. Like I'm not here to make, you know, I'm here to satisfy myself. And Mm -hmm. what does that for me is, product innovation, employees and customers. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't start a gun company to make friends. Yeah. No, I hear you. All right. I'm going to take a quick break, talk about SB Tactical, which I know you're familiar with because I actually ran into Ethan at the SB Tactical booth last SHOT Show. And I love their products. They're talking about somebody who changed the industry recently. I I almost... Go ahead. I almost did a, I want, yeah, I'm totally interrupting. No, go I ahead. You're going to do my ad read. Go ahead and sell these products for I me. All, so <laughs> Jeff Creamer, who runs SB Tactical, mm-hmm. Ethan and I worked at SIG with him. He is one of the smartest and most knowledgeable people in our industry. Mm-hmm. He's incredible. And he is one of the main reasons that it's become so widespread. He believed in it from the beginning. And I, when he told me about it, I was skeptical that it would yeah. become a thing. He gave me reassurance. I know shit almost posted today on our Instagram, my cardboard protest sign hold up that SB Tactical is the most innovative company in the decade. I completely agree with that. It has literally, I mean, think about all of the guns out there, all the manufacturers, they all, for the most part, I'd say 90% of them have SB Tactical's products on them. And they should. I mean, it's helped 300 blackout. It's great for our new cartridge that we're doing because it's also geared towards short barrels. Mm-hmm. You know, and for the ATF to pick an arbitrary length of 16 inches, which a rifle needs to be, is it's totally stupid. ridiculous. Yeah. And yeah, but it saves people the time and the money to get the tax stamp. It's essentially, I have a few SBRs. That's just because I have my SOT. So it's just really easy for me to obtain them. But if I had to go through that whole process of getting the tax stamp, waiting nine months on average, I wouldn't do it. I would just get an SB tactical brace. Who in the right mind is going to wait that long? And and then, you know, for instance, in New Hampshire, you can't carry a loaded rifle in your truck or your Mm -hmm. car, but you can carry a loaded pistol. So now I can carry my honey badger with a pistol brace, the pistol version, in my truck loaded. Exactly. So That's the same law here in Colorado as well, which is so dumb. Yeah. Yeah. And you can go across state lines. So it's, it's fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. Like, why would you not do that? Now, some of the braces in the past have been big and heavy and cumbersome and not really ergonomically or aesthetically pleasing. Mm -hmm. For instance, like, yeah, some of them are good. We designed some braces for them now and we have in the past and we have the fixed brace and the honey badger brace. Hell, the honey badger brace that we put on our gun from SB tactical is better than the honey badger stock. Why would you get an SBR? Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. They definitely make amazing products. In fact, I was going through, because I think everybody, if you're in the industry, you like guns, you all have a gun box. In my case, I have gun boxes. And I was going through it and I was like, oh, look, I found a TF-1913 in my box. And I was like, well, that just means I need to buy another pistol (laughs) to put it on. Yeah. But anyways, head on over to sbtactical.com. Don't forget to use the code GUNFUNNY15 and that gets you 15% off. All right, Kevin, so I'm going to ask the questions that I'm sure everybody wants to ask, but they don't have the balls to ask it and blame the (laughs) whiskey or whatever. (laughs) I'm taken, ladies. Calm down. (laughs) Actually, I was just going to say, if you need the job done right, you need a woman. So I'm taken. I'm going for it. I'm just going to ask these questions. Okay. Can we talk about your legal history and maybe set the record straight? Because I know that there's a ton of rumors out there. Yeah. Well, ask away. I know that even after I went and visited Q and people messaged me and they're like, oh, that guy's crazy. That guy, he's stalked his ex-wife. He Mm. can't handle guns. And nothing for nothing, but it was getting a little tiresome sticking up for you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, I've seen a lot of that. and Most of the stuff's untrue. You know, where do we start? So, I mean, most of what I see are 16 to 22 year old idiots Mm -hmm. that have never done anything in life and have no experience. I have three teenage kids that are all within a year of the same age. And since they were seven and eight, I have had full custody of them. And anybody who's a parent or familiar with the legal system, especially the family law Mm -hmm. system, I've had full custody, all decision making, and their mother was supervised for a period of time. You know, and this is my personal life, and I think it's stupid, but I don't know why everyone's so interested in my personal life. But that's the thing. Their mother is quite challenging and has, you know, mental health issues. And the Georgia court allowed me to move my children 1,100 miles away to the state of New Hampshire to ease some of that. And after two or three years, she decided to follow, and she has caused a lot of problems. And in the state of New Hampshire, a police officer, can issue a restraining order without a judge's signature. We live in a very small town and she's very pretty. So yeah, it it was tough. I was arrested seven times within a few months. Um, Everything ranging from she claimed I tried to run over her when she was walking down the sidewalk to all other, several other claims that were completely fabricated. And um, I was arrested every single time. And I was prohibited from touching a firearm every time they would issue one of these orders until we would go to court. But you know what? You'll see these anonymous little wannabe haters who are the people who post this stuff and ask these things and say these things. It's never anybody who's an adult with their name. Mm -hmm. Um, Will never post is the fact that I still have custody of my children. I do own and run my company. I can possess firearms. And I did win a lawsuit for violation of my civil rights and uh, the police department. um, Well, it's several things, but one was them refusing a Freedom of Information Act request um, that showed that their officers illegally disseminated stuff related to my case. And they're paying me on a monthly basis now as a result. Mm -hmm. If I weren't rich and white, it'd be in the news. Yeah. But, you know, it's just stupid. I made a very tough choice and I don't ever really talk about the stuff because I have kids 
but my kids are getting older. Mm-hmm. You know, what's despicable is a lot of the people that post this stuff anonymously online, they message my kids. Yeah. And send them stuff saying that, you know, your dad's a stalker or a wife beater or all these things that, you know, are fabricated. It's yeah. not something that happened. And it's sad. Like, I don't give a shit what some, you know, 24-year-old idiot thinks of me. It's never done anything. But I don't like them messing with my children. Yeah. But my kids are older now and they've seen it and it is what it is. You know, and I also just don't care. Mm-hmm. Like, I know who the fuck I am. My kids know who I am. And anybody that knows me personally knows the person and the father that I am. And, you know, I don't want to cause. There is nothing I can do to ease the situation. Uh, and, and anyone who is, has a family member that has any sort of mental health issues, they'll understand. You know, I'm not going to take the same tack with their mother that she takes with me. Um, it doesn't make sense and it's not right. And I understand that she struggles and, you know, we'll go a couple of years and everything's fine. And then it's not. Mm-hmm. And it's just sad. That's what people want to focus on. But, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, I don't. It's also very freeing, you know, in one sense, like uh, whether it's Griffin Armament or Thunder Beast or CGS or any of our competitors that'll post stuff about my mugshot or my arrest report. It's also very freeing and liberating. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, if you don't buy my gun because I was arrested for something or you heard a rumor or whatever, I don't fucking care. Like I'm still rich. Like I'm still going to my pool every day and going to my ranch. Like, I don't care what you think. Mm -hmm. Um, Buy our products on merit, you know? And then the idea of people wanting extraordinary stuff from average people. Like I've always taken a lot of chances in my life, personal life, professional life. And I make more mistakes than the average business owner. I make more mistakes probably than the average father or the average, you know, significant other. But I also have accomplished a lot of stuff that a lot of people are envious of. I wouldn't trade my life with anybody in the world that I know. Mm-hmm. So I don't have a ton of regret. I don't like when stuff hurts my kids. But, you know, my kids know who I am and they love me and they spend more time with me than any other kid I know their age with their parents. So, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, I'm very proud of them and they're all successful in their own right. And what the fuck ever. Yeah, Exactly. I like and it. I don't know anybody. Yeah, I don't owe anybody in this industry a fucking explanation. If I dig into anybody else's past or their life, nobody's perfect. And, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It just seems weird. It seems very weird for me. It always has been, you know, like it's funny that your podcast is gun funny. And, you know, when I started in the firearms industry, there were no gun bunnies. And now it's like there's lots of women. Mm-hmm. Um, but I get so much attention from men. It's so weird for me. <laughs> I know. That, You've actually showed me yeah. some of that. And I was like, that is so weird. <laughs> it, it is creepy. Like, I mean, I, if I were homosexual, I would do very well. <laughs> uh, but, you know, just the idea, you want to call me a stalker, but you spend your time posting anonymously online about me stalking. Like, you're stalking a dude. Yeah. Like, how ridiculous is that? Yeah. I don't give a shit what people say. Yeah. No, I totally get it. I mean, you're not taking away any of my accomplishments. And there is is no one who's accomplished stuff in our industry that talks shit about me. 
Yeah. And I like it. Changing it up a little bit. So how has COVID affected your business, if it has affected it at all? Zero. We, <laughs> we, we've actually had the best four months in sales and shipping than we've ever had during COVID. I mean, it doesn't. We're, we don't ride the wave. You know, here's one problem I had at SIG. When I started at SIG, there were 800 people. I was one of six people on the executive team. And within a year, we were 1,300. And also within a year, we had three layoffs and we were riding the wave of politics and school shootings. And I don't like that. I've never laid a person off with a company that I own and I never want to. So, you know, I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to race to the bottom with AR-15s. I'm not trying to do me too. I'm not trying to do that. We're trying to do stuff that really affects change. It's really needed. It's really important. And what that provides me and the employees and our customers are we have a company that is very efficient and is sort of politic proof. So, you know, all these sorts of things don't buy. I mean, you know, like I said earlier, when COVID started, we had a year backlog on all of our guns Mm -hmm. and, you know, several months backlog on our silencers. So my problem is just always been production. It's not marketing. It's not innovation. I hate operations. And that's why, because I saw recently, it was said that I was thrown out by investors and I'm no longer the CEO. Well, that's stupid because I own by a great percentage, the majority of the company. Mm -hmm. I have all voting rights, all voting shares. I can't be thrown out by anybody. I resigned as CEO and I'm the chief marketing and chief innovation officer and the chairman of the board because now we need to focus on operations and I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Um, you know, because as long as I get paid, you know, I basically had the same salary for like 25 years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like my house is paid for, everything I own is paid for. I've never had debt. I make lots of money. I don't need more money. But, you know, what I like is more freedom. Mm-hmm. So I just avoid all that stuff. And, we're focused now, half the company, the part that I run, we're focused on the next two and three big things for our company and me making sure all our stuff is sold out. And now we have someone who runs the operations and they're in charge of growing that. And that works very good. But mm-hmm. COVID, we don't, our company doesn't even know what's happening, except we had to cancel customer builds, which sucks because we love that. Yeah. You said you're focusing on, you know, in the future, a few products. Are there any products that you can share that you have in the works right now? Yeah. So we're doing a new gas gun. So a semi-auto. It's a semi-auto fix, basically. The fixed rifle and semi-auto. So that you could use for... So you could use that for the zombie apocalypse. You don't have to use your bolt gun. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm slaying all the zombies with that. So, I mean, that's one. And so... Basically, the engineering team works on three projects at a time. That's the one that I'm willing to discuss. That's a cool gun. Yeah. That changes, you know, short action, 308, 6.5 Creedmoor gas guns. And then even the smaller gun, um, you know, basically think of a honey badger with a folding stock or an MCX that's two pounds lighter. And that's what we're doing. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. If listeners, and I know that they're going to want to look you up on the internet, where can they find you on the interwebs? 
livequeordie.com. That's where we are. And the official queue with some underscores somewhere is the Instagram. There you go. So, yeah. All right, moving forward. Yeah. IWI. If you guys are looking for a firearm, a handgun that is completely ambidextrous, which I know is hard to find nowadays, talk about innovation, but people still aren't really catering to people who are left-handed. And if the gun is ambidextrous, it's basically just the mag release on both sides. But this one is 100% ambidextrous. It's a striker fire pistol. And the slide release is bigger on both sides, which helps if you're using gloves, unlike a lot of the other ambi guns where the slide release on that on that right-hand side isn't as obvious. And so it definitely is a little bit difficult if you're training with gloves. It's a great shooter, great value. It's optic ready. I think MSRP, don't really quote me, but I think it's like 450. I have one. I love it. Head on over to IWI.us to check it out. And also don't forget that if you guys use the code GUNFUNNY15, you will get 15% off all accessories. All right, now it's time for the political AF segment. Politics. What is going on in the world today? It's political AF. Big tech CEOs testify before House Antitrust Committee. I'm sure you've heard of this, how Facebook, Google, Amazon, Apple, all the CEOs are on Capitol Hill right now testifying in antitrust hearings about their company's practices. And long story short, they've basically have determined, you know, that they're not going to let anybody post anything that kind of goes against what their ideals are. The tech companies have essentially unlimited power right now in controlling the flow of information. And we've all seen countless examples the last few months, especially with like the whole COVID thing. The minute you post something, you're either shadow banned, demonetized, marked false, which is funny because the fact checkers like have no idea what they're doing. But shortly after the 2016 elections, details leaked of internal meetings at Google who wanted to ensure that that Trump would be a blip in history, actively suppressing conservative content, which we have seen. A big example of that is with search results with Google. Breitbart, for example, their search visibility through Google has been suppressed 99.7% compared to levels in 2016. Yesterday, a video of a large number of medical doctors live streamed from Capitol Hill about COVID. Did you see that? That video that no, everyone's quickly trying to take off as soon as it's posted? No. I just don't live where there's a lot of that shit going on. I still pay attention to it. So there was a bunch of doctors and basically they were saying that there are not cures, but there's a lot that you can do if you have COVID and take it on, especially with the early onsets of any symptoms and stuff like that. And it's funny because President Donald Trump, he tweeted that and Twitter didn't like that. So they took that off. Uh, Donald Trump Jr., he retweeted it and it was deleted and he also got banned from Twitter for 12 hours, <laughs> which is so funny. I know. I know. Yeah. Nothing like pissing off the president of the United States who has a lot more power. But basically, big tech is essentially the thought police and their biased team determines what is fact without any qualifications or evaluation of scientific data. We'll see what happens with all of this. For the 2A community, this is nothing new. We've been dealing with this for years now. Like anything that is gun-related, we're shadow banned, or we can't advertise on social media platforms, it doesn't get approved because we're basically treated like criminals. 
So this is nothing new for us, but I'm glad that President Trump is taking action and maybe something will become of it, hopefully, but who knows? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Well, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know him, but his son and I are buddies and we hunt together and maybe he'll become president because I bet he'll he, do some shit. Yeah, he would actually, between you and I, I think he'd make a much better president. And he definitely knows a lot more about guns and the 2A community and stuff like that. Whereas Trump, I don't think he's anti-gun, but I don't think that he quite understands it as well as his son does. And I've seen his son well, has visited lots of different gun companies and stuff like that. He's definitely an advocate. I mean, if you want to ask someone who's friends with him, go ahead. And we're on the Okay, show. Kevin. What is it like being friends with him? And what do you think of him? And is he, in fact, 2A? <laughs> well, I tell you, when he and I first met, we were going to go on a hunting trip together. I thought he was probably a snooty New York asshole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Turns out, and we shared a room together. He's cool, you know. I mean, he he is uh, obviously the son of a model and a very rich guy. Mm-hmm. But you know, he was raised going shooting and fishing his entire life. And anyone that knows him personally, he only works and makes public appearances so that he can spend all the rest of his time with his kids and hunting and fishing. He went in one year on 60 hunting and fishing trips. 60. Wow. He loads, personally, hand loads over 30 calibers. Wow. His brother has a lathe and a mill in his basement and turns his own barrels and builds his own custom guns. They both shoot long-range competition. They both spend all of their time fishing. And obviously, Don's more, he's more in the public eye. And he puts himself out there, mm-hmm. but he and he and Eric both, all of their spare time is spent doing that. And they were raised by people on a, their mother's side in Czechoslovakia and on their father's side, hunting and fishing. That's all they care about. Conservation, 2A, shooting, hunting, that's all they do. And I know him personally now, and I spend time with him. I go on hunting trips. Like, actually... Me and Don and Zach Brown from the Zach Brown Band, we mm-hmm. were going on a trip in August in Alaska. Uh, Zach's got a home in Homer. And we were going on his boat over to Kodiak and hunting in August. And it even made Fox News that Don got a bear tag, a hunting license in Alaska to hunt brown bear on Kodiak. Mm-hmm. It made Fox News, which is stupid. Yeah. But Alaska pulled all those because of COVID, so we're not going and that's all he does. And I don't I don't know his dad. I've never met him. I don't know him. I get the same impression you get. Like, he's cool, whatever. He's great for the economy. I don't think he gives a fuck about guns, but he doesn't hate them. He supports mm-hmm. the NRA. Like, whatever. Don Jr. and Eric, 100% are 2A, yeah. support guns. They shoot nonstop. That's all they do. Yeah. And people should stand behind them. Yeah, and I could definitely, I could see that. Because like I said, I think that President Trump, I don't think he knows enough about it. I don't think he is against it, but I think he's just trying to maybe please both sides, which is unfortunate, but his son's definitely, I've seen them at at multiple events, gun-related events and stuff. Like, they're definitely active within the community. Well, I hate when people see pictures on social media of me and him hunting together, they'll be like, tell your buddy to tell his dad, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay. (laughs) 
first of all, that's not the way the government works. Second of all, do you have a dad? Like I have a dad. I can't tell him shit. Yeah. But then the reality is Don doesn't work for the government intentionally. He doesn't want any part of it. And I'm not saying he doesn't want to become president and hopefully he will become president. I mean, for my own selfish reasons, like mm-hmm. I want to be a park ranger in Yellowstone, mm-hmm. but they're different. His dad didn't grow up hunting and fishing. He grew up hunting and fishing. It's all he does nonstop. If I were to freeway him into this conversation right now, he's probably somewhere. If it's one, he's week on week off with his kids. If he's with his kids, that's where he is. If, not he's somewhere hunting or fishing. Absolutely. Do you think he wants to hear from two drunk people though? Yeah, he's oh god, he's <laughs> yeah, he's like I'm drunk with him ninety percent of the time. I'm with him, like he's cool with me. But yeah, I mean it's where it's where he'll be. I mean he sent me a picture a few days ago. He's freaking fishing, you know. Which I'm not super into fishing, so I love fishing. Fishing picture. I actually, I love it. I don't know if I could do hunting, but as far as fishing, I just, I love it because you never really know what you're going to catch, which I know I totally sound like Forrest Gump. (laughs) (laughs) And crazy. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But I don't know. I've always had a lot of fun. When I go hunting, I know what I'm going to catch. I like that better. Yeah. But if you're in the ocean, the actual ocean, not just some lake where you're catching little dinky fish. But the ocean, like, hey, you might catch a bunch of seaweed with a crab on it, or you might catch a really big fish, or I don't know, even I like feel stuff like you've that you've never been fishing. <laughs> what I have been fishing, okay, and I've caught way more yeah. than seaweed. All right, sharps, bros. I don't know if you guys are all aware so, they have an airsoft version. I've always known of the Jack, but didn't realize that they now have the Hellbreaker, the Overthrow, the Warthog, and even the MB-47AK. I know a lot of people kind of look down on airsoft. These guns, you really couldn't tell the difference between the real and the fake. They're all metal. They're not just like some dinky plastic. And it's also a safe wait, alternative. Wait, 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 wait. Yes. Wait a minute. If you have children, which you do not, My son has shot a thousand yards since he was eight years old. Mm -hmm. I started him on airsoft for gun safety because it was safe and we could shoot on the back porch. We shot little plastic cowboys and Indians. He wore uh, eye protection and he used an MP7 airsoft gun because it fit him. Mm -hmm. And all of the controls were same as a regular gun. And he learned to shoot that way. Airsoft is awesome. And if you don't think so, then you're dumb. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And they've come such a long way. They even have air guns now that people go hunting with, which is just insane. So it's not even the little plastic ball that hits them or those little BBs or anything like that. But I think that it's definitely a safe alternative, especially even if you're not a kid and you just want to shoot as an adult. Ammo prices right now are insane if you can even find the ammo. There's definitely a short supply of ammo right now, so I would highly recommend get an airsoft gun. You can find links to them at sharpsbros.com. Now it's time for Q&A. Q&A. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Just kidding. Visit gunfunny.com forward slash contact to submit yours. Today's question is, what is your dream gun, the one you would want to have if money wasn't an issue? Do you want me to go first? Yeah, it's for both of us, but I'll go first because ladies first. Okay, so I would say the HKG11. It's kind of ugly. It's kind of ugly. It never actually even... Impressive answer. Thank you. Thank you. 
Uh, so they finished the gun in 1990, but it never really came to fruition. I don't know if you want me to drop real knowledge bombs on this podcast. Yeah, I do. I think it started in 1986. There was a requirement which ended in like 1992 or three for that. But I don't know. And like, I've shot the gun. Really? Hazel Samo's dumb. Yeah. yeah. What did you think about it? The gun's super cool. The mechanism's super complex. It's like a Swiss watch. It's very delicate, but you have to have a case. You can't have a caseless cause the powder falls apart and you have to have something like brass or something that takes the heat out of the gun. Hmm. Interesting. So the gun would heat up and it wasn't as reliable. But anyone that thinks H&K is not the real deal when it comes to engineering and technology, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah, they've done some good stuff. I was going to say the HK G11, it's not available. I'll settle for the MP7. Or here's oh, my God. here's my second choice. You're gonna you wait, might wait, like wait, this. Wait, 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 wait. You already gave your second choice, MP7. Let me tell you a little tidbit about that because I almost went to work for HK and I spent two months over there before I went to SIG. Let me tell you a little something about the MP7. Okay. As anemic as it may be for killing people and people-sized things, the most reliable machine gun HK's ever made. So I picked a good one. You're welcome. <laughs> Okay, well, what about what about my third choice, which would be oh, a solid gold Thompson with it, Trump engravings? If, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say if it's a bull pup or mangan. <laughs> um, yeah, the Thompson sucks. You're dumb. Yeah, but hello, it's solid gold and it has Trump engravings. All dumb. <laughs> All right, what would be it's your gun? My Well, I don't know because I'm rich and I have every gun. <laughs> okay, so what's your favorite gun then? <laughs> Uh, well, let me preface this with I have a minigun. I have an FG-42, which is the FG-42 is like being married to Linda Evangelist. Or if you're young, like, um, well, I don't I don't know who's cute and young, but it's <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, if you want me to tell you the best guns, because I've got everything and I shoot them all. Mm-hmm. The PKM is cool. The RPG is cool. The Beretta Model 12 is awesome. The MP5 SD is cool. The Sterling Mark V is great. The Stoner 63A is incredible. The RPD, which is like the uh, AK-47 belt fed, is one of my favorites. Hmm. What else? The Browning 1919, spectacular. I don't know. I, I mean, I've been fortunate. I own every gun I love. The Mexican Trejo, which is a little 22 pistol. It's kind of like a 1911 select fire. Hmm. Sounds interesting. Yeah. You said it's a Mexican trade hoe? Trade hoe means like apple. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> uh, all right. Moving forward. Um, Moving forward. Okay. I think we, we went through a lot of the guns. I get it. You're very knowledgeable. You have all the guns. But I'm still hoping for that solid gold Thompson. <laughs> Oh, you're just dumb. <laughs> yeah, but if it has Trump tell. engravings on it, it's much cooler. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> All right, Palmer. I feel like it's cool or it's not. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's not cool. I was just trying to be funny, but it wasn't funny. Polymer 80, they have their PF320 PTEX grip module, which basically came out just in time because SIG actually announced their P320 FCU to be sold individually. Boy, did they. What's the price? Do you know? I don't know the price, actually. No one wrong killing. It's $360. It's basically you're buying the gun. That is the serialized portion of it. And that's why I think a lot of people like it because you can obviously you could use Polymer 80s grip module. You can a lot of people are making stuff for 
the P320 now. It's like the new Glock, how everyone had accessories for Glock. Well, now it's kind of moving towards the P320. And it's nice because you can kind of pick and choose all the different products that you want to put on it which I always liked. I mean, even my first AR was not a stock AR. I actually built it or assembled it. But it's kind of nice to just kind of pick out each and every part, especially if there's certain sights that you like. There's, depending on your hand size, you want a smaller grip, a larger grip. I don't know. Well, you know, that's something that Ethan, who was the head of my engineering, did at Sid, was the grip modules in different size for 320, and he was involved in that. Yeah, I don't know. Like, okay, that's cool. Well, it's out there, but we don't know what the price is. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I think most women would. I think everybody would. Anybody who likes guns, especially if it had Trump engravings on it. Mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, I get to go to the White House on Christmas. I don't know that I need them on my gun. Oh, can you imagine? I keep seeing all these 1911s, like the Trump edition and... And Glocks and I don't know. It it just cracks me up every time I see it. Yeah, it doesn't really crack me up. But okay, so then I won't send you either. one for Christmas. Noted. <laughs> no, I, I'm good. Just send a card. <laughs> All right. Trigger Brew. This is the company that I recently became a partners in, and they have coffee. Trigger Brew. Triggered Brew. Oh. Yeah, it's two A related coffee beef jerky and energy drinks and you guys can get 20% off if you use the code gunfunny and that is at triggeredbrew.com. Now it's time for the AF segment. Okay, so I have no idea how to pronounce this word. It's I don't even know what it is. I should have looked it up. So it's C I C A D A S. Is it concades? Concadas? Okay. Concadas? I don't know. But anyways, it's a winged insect. And as if 2020 can't get even worse, there was the murder hornets. And then was first, that a real thing? So first oh. there was the murder hornets. Yeah, I don't know if it was a real thing or not. Because really, it was just like it lasted a week. And then that whole thing just kind of died down. Mm. But now they have these zombie concadas, whatever. Concadas? Yeah, I think, yeah, maybe. And it's a mind-controlling fungus called Mesospora, M-A-S-S-O-S-P-O-R-A. It's spreading to these bugs in the South right now. And get, get this. Get the fuck out of here. No, so get this. It gets crazier. So the fungus eats away at the brain, abdomen, and reproductive organs. And then these bugs are able to survive without a large portion of their body. When enough of the brain is gone, the fungus ends up in control of the males, causing them to flap their wings in the way the female bug would. And they're attracting unsuspecting males, which further spreads the fungus. And then the fungus controls them because the chemicals in it act like hallucinogenics, kind of like mushrooms, and stimulates the cancatus, keeping them mobile to spread the fungus further. Isn't that freaking insane? <sighs> it's hard for me to even wrap my brain around it, mostly because hello, whiskey, but two, it's just, <laughs> oh my gosh. Don't spend so much time on the internet. Yeah. But it's only uh, July. This is only July of 2020. What else is 2020 going to throw at us? Do you ever think about that? Uh, no, I don't really think about it. I just like, you know, design shit, <laughs> shit guns, play ping pong. Cook dinner, swim, jump off bridges. Skateboard. No, skate, you skateboard. Yeah. You got to add that to yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, skateboarding, number one, gets you respect in bitches. Like, that's what I do. <laughs> you even have your own skateboards, right? Q has, they make skateboards. Yes, I have my own pro model, which people don't want to recognize because I'm 46, but I shred it. 
Yeah, actually, I, I have seen some videos of you because we're friends on Facebook. I haven't actually seen you skateboard in person, but I've seen plenty of videos and you actually can do pretty well because I personally tried to skateboard once and I wasn't even trying to do any sort of tricks. I was just trying to get both feet on the skateboard and just, you know, just go a little bit like a few feet and I ended up falling and I broke my ankle. <laughs> I can't even make this up. Yeah. No, I mean, I I am not good, but my kids are incredible and their homies are incredible. And I skate with them every day and I video and I do some stuff. And for a 46-year-old, yeah. I'm pretty tits. Yeah, I, I hear mean, you. You know what else is yeah, tits? I, you know what else a, is Triarc Systems? Are they? What do they do? They actually, so they built some really cool custom 1911s. Oh, um, they do a really good job. And I've also toured that facility. Really cool. They just put a ton of work into all their products. But they also, for whatever reason, they have a bunch of B&T guns right now. So the Brugger and Tomet guns. And they have them in stock, which I know right now it's really hard to come by any of these guns. They have them on their website. And I remember seeing, I think it was at the Rainier Arms event. And I saw the TP9, which Triarch does have in stock. And it's kind of very close to the HK and P7. I don't know if you checked that out. But anyways, you can find that at TriarchSystems.com. Also, don't forget to use the code AVA, A-V-A, for 5% off. And now it is time for iTunes reviews. First review, and Kevin, pay attention because I'm going to have you pick a winner, okay? I'm, I'm so paying attention. Yeah, That's I don't think you are. I feel like you're trucking liquor in the background. All I get here is... Gulp, no! Gulp, gulp. All right. First review, 22 Cheapster, five stars. Awesome show, great information, good advice, and awesome guests. Listen to the show for a few years now. So fun to listen how Ava and the show has grown. Love how every guest is comfortable and feels so free to talk about what they do and what they are. For example, I followed Liberty Doll for years. Kevin, if you could just keep it down back there. And Ava was able to get her to tell a story I've never heard completely from start to finish. That is what Ava does and does well. Second review, Poetry on a Cracker. NRA Shill shows his ass five stars. Best host and podcast interviews worst shill for Wayne LaPierre and the handpicked gang. Members are blocked from attending meetings. What's so funny because it was like two shows ago when I had a guest on who basically said that if we're not NRA members, we're part of the problem, blah, blah, blah. I've had so many people write in, contact me, email. Within the first two hours that the episode dropped, people were inundating my inbox with how much they hated this guy, <laughs> which is kind of funny, but just because he was so pro NRA. Anyways, Kevin, out of those, pick the first or second person to win a prize pack. Okay, I'm pretty sure Kevin left. <laughs> On that note, we are going to wrap up. So guys, you can find me at gunfunny.com. There's links to everything there. Also, the next person to become a Patreon, I am going to be sending you a bunch of Gunfunny stickers. So little incentive. But if that's not enough, Blown Deadline is giving away a $300 gift certificate every month to a lucky Patreon. I also want to thank the $25 patrons who are Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran 8888, Ryan Morrison, Elliot and Mike Pappas, Joe Lyons, Justin Paulson, Jason Anderson, Joshua Hamp, Sportsman's Guide, Daniel Treadwell, and Star Wars 77. King of the Patreons is still Jon Snow. He wants me to say, we don't know if Operator Tickles actually enjoys a good fight. She never had a worthy opponent. All right, and I'm not sure where Kevin went. Maybe he got disconnected, but Kevin, thank you so much. 
you know, your honesty is definitely refreshing. And yeah, I got to say, I'm a huge fan of your products. If you guys want to check that out, just go to liveqordie.com. And on that note, I'm out of here. Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.